Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Monty and Mickey, the geek nerd podcast all about that pop culture stuff that you guys like to talk about and watch on TV and spend all your hard-earned money on. Uh, Today, we are going to be covering Star Wars. You might be asking yourself, well, Monty, you've already talked about Star Wars. Oh, but there's more. Uh, You can never get enough Star Wars. Yeah. We are going to be talking about Episode 7 and Episode 8, as well as some fan theories in general about Star Wars and where we think Episode 9 is going to go. Uh, There's a lot of speculation. Uh, I believe December 20th or 19th is when the movie is coming out. So they've had a while to think about all these things and kind of digest what they think is going to happen. But without further ado... I want to introduce all of our Monty and Mickey listeners to a very special guest, Abby. Abby, hey. welcome Woo-hoo. to the show. Thank you, for, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Glad to. So Abby and I have been friends for, God, how long has it been? Is this when I was a little intern at, 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 at my, my job in college? It's, it's, been, been, it's five, been a while. Five, six years, something along that line? Oh, it's got to be more than that. Well, maybe... <laughs> I Maybe that was because I'm trying to think like 2013, 2014, somewhere around. There. Uh, yeah, 20. I think it was 20. The summer of 2012, because what? you were with obviously yeah. with your husband or boyfriend okay. at the time or whatever. But we because you would come and and you had uh, come to visit him when we were both interns. That's right. Okay, it has been a while. Damn. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, we're get we're getting getting oh there. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about our age in front of in front of Mickey. In oh front of the elders, yeah. <laughs> respect your elders. We'll talk quieter uh, so you can't hear us. Right, right. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because is, that, is that an old person joke about <laughs> them not being able to hear as well? God, <laughs> you're ruthless. Smack you with my cane. Anyways, so so one uh, Abby and her husband had come to visit us a couple months ago, I guess, and uh, we started talking, and and Abby just had a lot of knowledge about Star Wars in general, and and especially about kind of she's she's read or researched where the franchise is going or what what Episode Nine is going to be with some some different fan theories and all that kind of stuff. She even introduced so, us to things we didn't know were out there, like, right. like websites and everything. Yeah, so so we thought that it would be very appropriate to bring her onto this podcast because I will admit, out of the three people talking today, I have the least amount of Star Wars knowledge. And so, I, uh, I like I said, I thought Abby would be a really good addition, kind of bring bring some, some new information to, to the podcast today. So... Thank you again, and uh, welcome. Um, welcome for for our tens of listeners out there. Uh, can you just kind of describe? Because we've already the first couple of uh, podcasts on Star Wars, we uh, we kind of talked about what our experience has been, um, and I think we'll, we'll just kind of go around. But we'll start with you, Abby. So, what in general? What was your experience um, as far as Star Wars? as a whole like when did you get introduced to it when did you start watching the movies what was your kind of kind of give us your origin story or your timeline of of that fandom specifically 
Gotcha. All right. Well, I have to say, I classify myself as a reluctant fan. And the reason I say that is when I was little, um, we had the original box set of that original trilogy, you know, the, the VHS box set that my brother always watched. My brother is a huge Star Wars fan. So um, we had to watch that a bunch. We went between that Indiana Jones all the time. Um, oh, that's an and then. Cool, yeah. Yeah, so then he had the uh, Millennium Falcon. He had the Star Wars games for the Nintendo 64. Um, that was kind of my initial introduction. But I, for whatever reason, chose that to be the sibling rivalry where he was Star Wars. So I was like, well, I'm going to be a Star Trek fan. So, like, you can't, for whatever reason okay. growing up, you couldn't be both. Um, so I chose Star Trek for a long time and was anti-Star Wars. like that for some reason. It, it is a weird like line it's between the sci-fi and the fantasy of sci-fi fantasy is is kind and of where you draw wants to a person who declares himself one way i am not i am not a tricky <laughs> i am a star wars fan like, yeah it's a weird thing to take a stance on but i i totally did for a long time um when i was about nine is when the prequel trilogy started and i have to admit I loved The Phantom Menace. I mean, I, I really enjoyed everything about it. And I was young. Maybe that's the excuse, but I didn't mind Jar Jar Binks. So when wow. I heard the... We're going to get like three <laughs> letters of dates now that you just said Right? That. No, she so like... She was young. Yeah, so like I really was starting to get into Star Wars then. Um, but what actually drove me away for a while again was the fandom and their response to like Jar Jar Binks and everything. They just were so right. harsh on all of this. I was like, I don't want to be part of this. So again, I was like, all right, I'll go back to being a Trekkie. Um, then my lovely husband, who is also a Star Wars fan, um, him and the rest of my family all decided for Christmas in 2015 when The Force Awakens came out, that was going to be the movie we all went to see as a family. And again, like, I was not interested in seeing Star Wars, but whatever. They all wanted to go, so I went. And I'll be damned if the damn thing didn't draw me back in again. And this time, <laughs> I I just I couldn't ignore it. I loved Ray. I I actually even loved like the villain Kylo Ren. I thought he was a little more interesting. Um, and then we had all the nostalgia of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Leia and uh, I don't know just everything. So I I kind of like jumped in at that point. Um, and even more so when The Last Jedi came around. So, you know, that super divisive film that everybody's still all pissed about. That was probably my favorite one. So I have to laugh that I'm like, all right, there is drama in the fandom. I'm here for it. That's what so, pulled you back in. So this is how little I know about the, especially the new movies. I didn't even realize that there, there was anything decisive about that movie. Oh, it's, it's the... So, um, so the, you're definitely going to have to expand on that well, when we the come most to that movie. Questions. I, even I, I found myself watching it again. And I had more questions for that movie than any of the other movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So you, right. have to, you have to think that it's kind of like um, when the original trilogy came out. Um, what was it? The Empire Strikes Back. It wasn't well received because it had a really, uh, what do I want to say, downer ending yeah. to it. Yeah, like a well, negative it, tone. Yeah. Um, and we were just, we kind of get that again with The Last Jedi. But the big thing was people were pissed about, um, first of all, kind of the non-answer we got on Ray's heritage. But mm -hmm. also Luke Skywalker, like, what they did with him, they made him a hermit. And everybody's like, what What did you do with our legend? Like, you you basically took our hero and made him just this pathetic excuse of a man. Why, why would you do that? So people are pissed. Mm. And rightfully so. I mean, I get it, but... To some degree, yeah. 
like they I, did that with the, they did that with Obi Wan. They did exactly, but people yeah. aren't talking about that. They're not talking about how this kind of relates back to, like yeah, there when, are parallels. All all the trilogies are. do have parallels. Exactly. See, like when Luke was training under Yoda, Yoda was kind of this weird character, and like suddenly Luke kind of starts to do some things that Yoda did in the original trilogy, like it's, an old person does. Yeah, like, take it I from mean, me. <laughs> say like he's he's weird, drinking the weird green juice he's he's all <laughs> mysterious and stuff he's he's not really sure about having this, this student and like i just i don't understand why i got so divisive but it did so that's where we're at so i wanted you, you mentioned being a star trek fan i actually wrote a note while i was watching the force awakens saying I've, i'm finally watching those movies after all these years because i'm really old as we are going over <laughs> i'm not that old for the record <laughs> You're the I, one who keeps trying. I know. But I mean, I watched. I watched three and four last weekend, along with these, the, the last two movies for Star Wars, and I they're really good. And I, it's not like I never didn't want to watch them. I just never had. Uh-huh. I, and I, I, I watched them. The storylines are great. I mean, William Shatner is an overactor, but he's really good at it. I mean, yeah. he, I, I've I've read that he did that intentionally. The movies are awesome. Yes. But I did find myself, and I know I'm biased. Still thinking that the quality of the Star Wars movies may have just been better and a little less cheesy. Would you agree with that or not? Because you're, um, you're more biased towards the other way, probably. I, I am, but I do think... Uh, I think that they both go for their cheesy moments. I think that Star That's Trek... I, I guess um, with Star Trek, because there's just such, it was more like TV series based, right? So you yeah, have that's, that's a lot point. more, you're inundated with cheesy after cheesy. Because I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, Shatner was just just cheesiness all across yes. the board. His, his entire character. Oh yeah. I mean, he just, all he was is cheese and it was great. Like you just, you either liked it or he hated it. So that was the difference. And like you said, they did keep it consistent from the show to the movies. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's my whole introduction to Star Wars and being the well, reluctant fan and now super fan, I guess. Going back and forth. Yeah. That's Thank, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, because I mean, I think, um, and we I've talked about this before. So Mickey and I have both talked about this, so I won't go into too much more depth. But I think because of your age, and I believe we're the same age, yeah. you had the same experience with um, the prequel trilogy as I did, where you were a kid at the time. And those movies, I mean... I don't know. I, I guess this is what I would say. They were made for kids. At least yep. the first one and a half. Absolutely. Really. Like she said. Um, so I think that it was more well, well received from our generation just yeah. because it was meant for our generation. Well, exactly. Like every trilogy is is generational. I know you guys have mentioned that before. That was very much our generational trilogy because we were right at that age where we're easy to market to for all the toys that they want to sell along with it. So of course they're going to pander to us a little bit, but it also right. helps us to kind of like step into this really complex world that they developed for Star Wars and kind of like Jar Jar takes our place in getting introduced to a lot of things. So we have a way of why this gets explained to us in, in more right. broken down terms so we as kids could get it because it's i mean it's it's a political drama i mean it's, and it's complex yeah oh definitely the four i mean we mentioned that in our last hours episode that that um lucas must have been somewhat liberal or yeah. very very liberal <laughs> i mean because he basically refers to what the republicans as you know monsters and all that stuff i mean yep his, his agenda is, is very apparent, as he said, and that, that became more so clear, I think, in the last few movies. Even, you know. Yeah. And 
and they uh i think they've kept the pg-13 rating on all of them and they've made efforts to make sure that this isn't they don't go above that rating so there's clear clearly a goal in a target audience at a certain level oh yeah but that's the beauty of what they've done especially i think with the newer movies that they've able they've been able to um attract both the new brand new people who are just being introduced there's this generation you know whatever the you know middle school high school kids are they're just being introduced to star wars but also the people who are around like our age and the people who are older who can all appreciate this because let's be honest if you're a star wars fan it could just be you know jar jar binks i don't know uh combing chewie's hair for an hour and a half and you're gonna go sit in the movie theater and watch it because because it's star wars look at that man he's got talent yeah (laughs) i wonder what i wonder what the director was meaning by that (laughs) oh there'd be three spinoff novels oh god like you can actually style chewie's hair right yeah they put dreads in it Uh ponytails (laughs) (laughs) but i guess what i'm saying is is that's i think why you know, I don't know, maybe maybe they weren't as well received, but you're, you have this guaranteed audience. Mm-hmm. How are we going to draw in the new generation? Yeah. How are we going to make this? Because I think that to a certain extent, for everything that's great about the MCU, with everything that's great about the Avengers and everything that goes into that, you really, to a certain extent, have to have a basic knowledge of, some of those past movies. Like, you couldn't have just jumped into Endgame and fully appreciated it. No. no now, you've definitely got to have some experience going in. <laughs> yeah. Now, with Star Wars, you definitely have... You, you, you benefit from it, but somebody could pick up Episode 7 and watch it and enjoy it without having any prior Star Wars knowledge. Yeah, I yes. think so. Like, but they I... didn't... They didn't make it so much about, well, that inside joke that happened seven movies ago. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and they're essentially new characters anyway. As you right. said, there's a long break right. you know, between the, the Rebel Alliance and all that stuff. But I also think maybe that because Star Wars has been around so long and so mainstream that the story might be ingrained in us anyway yeah. to yeah. some degree. Yep. And if, even people who don't want to like it as Abby admitted to being <laughs> one of those people – I mean, you you probably still knew the storyline very well, oh, or at yeah. least the characters, you know? Oh, it's so maybe everywhere. maybe that's part of it, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because so, so, you get those references throughout pop culture. I mean, you can be watching. They have, what was it, Family Guy that did a Star Wars oh, episode? Oh, is that all three of them? The original right? trilogy? Like, they, they all, somehow or in some way, they've all repackaged that Star Wars movie or the the storyline and giving it to us so even if you didn't watch star wars you couldn't escape it you knew about darth vader being the greatest villain and being the main protagonist luke's father like and that they and then the other thing i always knew about was that luke and leia were brother and sister and that they kissed so like some some things just kind of go beyond the fandom and just are there (laughs) yeah exactly here we go all right <laughs> so let me i'll, I'll direct this back a little bit get off of that because i'm sure there's fan theories and fan you know fan fantasies about that whole deal but let's, let's get back books. to the we're trying back. to reach all yeah. demographics there's books abby puts it nicely i'm sure there's more than just books out there abby no, yeah, oh, this yeah, thing no, called they're... the internet people fan are getting fiction. pretty creative do you want to go down a hole it's fan fiction 
That'll be that'll be Monty and Mickey after dark. That'll be a special <laughs> NC seventeen version. Oh man, that'd be uh, scary. Uh, so sure that's the word for it. So very quickly, um, I, admittedly, this last week I watched these two movies. I had not been exposed really fully to these movies. In fact, I watched half of episode seven, and I think I had fallen asleep because it was. We started it late. Get out. Yeah. I know. know. This is your house. Get out. Because it just was, I don't know. It was like one of those weird, I was on break and I was at my parents' house and like, I just fell asleep on the couch. I don't know. It's like started at like 1030 at night or something. He's a new parent. I've seen it. That's true. Yeah. It's because he's got to sleep before. I've seen it a few times (laughs) and I'm, I'm old. So I might have dozed off a little too, but. You don't have any excuse. It should. Yeah. Been well, that was well, that was before I had kids. So. Well, that's. Uh, true, yeah. You but know what? My husband was... fell asleep in the theater when we went to watch it. So everybody can really get oh, mad. Oh God. At you. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He won't live that down. <laughs> no, um. I don't even know him, and I wouldn't let him. <laughs> so that's my experience, though, with with this this new trilogy, seven and eight, or you know whatever. And so I don't have a whole lot of experience other than like literally recently just watching it fully in the way that it should have been watched. And um, what, uh, what I realized is that I thought it was going to be a lot more cheesy than it was. Like I thought Disney got a hold of it and it was just going to be way over the top. There's moments we're going to touch on those, but it was a really good movie. Like it's not a stretch for me to say these two movies are probably in my like top three, one or two of them in the top three, top five of all Star Wars movies. I favorite. honestly thought the same thing when I found out that Disney uh, purchased the, the rights to it. I, I thought the same thing. I really did. You there, Abby? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, I can tell you that I remember uh, it being all over the news when Disney bought Lucasfilm because that was in 2012, right? Um, and people were pissed because they were thinking like oh great so what luke is now a disney princess and we've got darth vader is going to be compared to and like ursula and crap it's just like that's what i thought oh oh yeah and and it was just okay that's ruined forever and this is crap and then they just stirred up the drama even more because it was like two years later that um star wars had all this expanded universe stuff that include like books comics video games i mean and like the fandom loved this expanded universe disney went and said none of that's canon so they just like really set the fire going before they ever released the force awakens so i i I do remember all the controversy leading up to this and disney was just scary when they were running it to be honest but they got people talking about it whether they did or not you know i mean i think that's maybe part of their goal i suppose buzz is buzz yeah exactly um, so Mickey, you watch, did you watch these movies right away when they came out in the oh, theaters? I was okay. the theater, yeah. yeah. So you, you had that experience. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. I'm sorry to insult your star Wars. Um, so just in a, like, a like a sentence or two, what was your initial reaction or what was your experience? After I it? actually saw them. After you saw the, I mean, kind of, I guess it's hard because they're two different movies, but because what was your reaction? What was your kind of like, Abby and I just kind of talked about what was your experience. Uh, my opinion was because I I had already heard people having opinions. My old salty friends, well, they weren't old at the time, I suppose, but I mean, we were on on the verge. They were like, oh, "It's never going to live up to the originals and all that stuff." I'm like, well, I have an open mind. It's still Star Wars. The story's still there. The books were there. That's what these are based on. 
so they couldn't screw it up too much. I watched them. There was a couple things that felt a little Disney-esque, you know, like like you say, oriented for kids maybe a little more or whatever, but they, they kept the integrity of the movies. I, I mean, even the feel right off the bat, you got the original theme song and you got the, the scroll going through space as you enter the movie. And all. I mean, it still had the feel. I thought it was, like I said, it's like picking a favorite kid. I, right. I loved them just as much as all the Okay, so you had an overall positive it, it lived up to every bit of yeah. expectation I had. Okay, good. So that's officially been the longest uh, Monty and Mick, Mickey intro of all time. Um, so now we're going to actually get into the the uh, in the news segment that that we usually go. Um, so I'm just I, like like I said before, uh, or we talked about before, we just kind of see things throughout the week, and so I'm just going to go through some of the things that I I noticed. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is uh, going to get a reboot, I guess. I thought you were saying that. No, <laughs> Why are you, don't call me Honey Man. I mean. It's- <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 how do you move on from that? But so that I think I, I I don't know about you guys. I loved that that franchise. I thought that was great. So I think that'll be. I don't I don't know if Rick Moranis will make any type of a cameo in it or how you know. Um, Mulan trailer just dropped. Abby, did you see that yet? Yes, I cannot excited? wait. Oh my god, freaking Mulan! I can't wait. Okay, so good. Because <laughs> I watched it, and I thought they did a really good job. I'm kind of on the fence about this whole, you know, resurgence of old Disney movies made into live action. It looks like they're doing a good job. With no, you're one. afraid it's going to lose its integrity, too, along those lines. Yeah, I, I think that they, it, you can't force it, and I think that this, this seemed like it felt like like a samurai movie. Like, it felt like the trailer. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Abby, what you thought, but... Um, I, it felt like a very, like, it stuck to a lot of the same themes, but it just, it felt like it, they did it justice, but it's a, you know, nobody knows it's a preview, so. I think they're doing a really good job of trying to bring what was, you know, a, a cartoon and trying to bring it into real life because this is based on a, an actual, um, what do I want to say, a legend. So this mm. is, they're trying to be respectful of the culture and that this is, this is truly a war hero for them. Like this is somebody right. they, they talk about and look up to, right? Uh, so I feel like they're doing a lot better job of trying to translate that into like a real life, like live action without um, being too cheesy. And, and you know, they, they obviously don't have Mushu that they're going to have running around and causing the comic relief like they did in the cartoon. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to still be respectful of that those baseline plot, right, for the whole story. So I'm looking forward to it. And I don't, I mean, it sounds like we're downplaying what Disney does. The, with everything they do obviously but yes with something we've become you know attached to over the years you just think well disney's gonna put that you know fictional feel to it a kid feel to it and that's all we're saying about disney i mean you know it's gonna be done well but that fear is still because of disney and you know fiction and toy you know toys. and the nostalgia around the exactly. original you just you know you, don't, yeah. you can't necessarily envision the two coming together and then they do an amazing yeah job, so yeah so that'll be I think that's next year. I didn't see the date on that one. I'll have to have to look that up, but that'll be that'll be something to look out for. Um, <laughs> I just saw one of those like I'm sure it's a bait click article, but it was said something about how Baby Yoda on Twitter or Instagram, whatever, which we can't go one episode, especially a Star Wars episode, without mentioning 
His Highness Sir Baby Baby Yoda. Did you hear Abby go, yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't help yes. it. Baby Yoda is amazing. Um, but apparently he he's trending, and I don't know I don't understand the ins and outs of what trending necessarily means, other than just people sharing articles about yeah. him or pictures or whatever. But he's trending right now, higher than the Democratic presidential race. <laughs> So as, as Mickey had said before, when, when, you know, there's, there's certain things that you have throughout history where people are like, I'm better than this person or what, uh, baby Yoda right now is more important than our United States government. So like let that Lennon, sink in for like John Lennon saying we're bigger than Christ. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 think about it. Okay. So the last Jedi divided the, the, the Star Wars fandom, Baby Yoda single-handedly brought him back together. That's true. Right. He's brought peace. We'll have peace. <laughs> He's the time. one who brought balance to the Force. Yes. He's the chosen he is. one. He is. <laughs> oh, God. She's not even joking. I, I'm not. I, well, okay, so... so it's a quick, real thing on the internet, I promise. So we're going we're gonna to jump down the Star Wars rabbit hole, just put our toes in, just the tip. Uh, so... <laughs> just to see how it feels. Mand- Mandalorian. <laughs> That's canon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, yep. They, uh, it is now, so Disney Plus, um, which I, I freaking bought. I said I wasn't going to buy, and I bought it for freaking Baby Yoda, by the oh, way. God, this is bullshit. Had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for hey, my hey. but I'm really mad about it. I said I was not going to get Disney Plus, and I saw Baby Yoda everywhere. I looked at my husband. He's like, I already got it, babe. Like, well, there we go. That happened. And but the Mandalorian is now officially Star Wars canon per Disney. So good. Good. It's um, there. I, a guy we work with said he if he buys it, it's gonna be for that. Yeah. Yep. That's an affordable price at least, you know. Right. Right. There's a lot of yeah, there's tons of and especially now, even with Marvel coming out and saying you're gonna be lost in the new movies if you don't keep up with the TV shows that are going to be on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, like there's just another reason. It's like, well, well, even the National Geographic shows. Some yeah. of those, like Beyond the Deep and all that. Stuff. I mean, there's some really cool looking shows. Yeah, I don't, I don't pick up National Geographic Channel in my rabbit ears. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, on the lines of Disney Plus, apparently there's a new TV show coming out called The Biggest Star in Appleton. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Oh, and, and when you say Appleton, Monty, you mean Appleton, Wisconsin? Yes, that's what I meant. Um, apparently, there's going to be, and I'll just this: a new comedy series called "The Biggest Star in Appleton" is currently in development for Disney Plus. According to the Deadline, the show will be half an hour long and use a single camera. It's been created by playwright, screenwriter Paul Rudnick, actress Kristen Chenoweth. I love her. Produced producer Dan Jinks, who will act as the executive producer. Biggest star in Appleton stars Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth as Carol Danhauser. She's awesome. A Wisconsin mom, wife, and waitress who is de- who's devoted to her family, finds her deepest satisfaction in small town stardom and at the local community theater. Her status as a is threatened as Tara Hubley, a struggling New York chorus girl, moves back home with dreams of her own. So... That's kind of cool that a little Appleton here is going to be apparently well known. I guess I don't know. That's that's kind of interesting. I have all the just small town, which is funny because you know you think like I don't think of Appleton as a small town, but my you know perceptions are completely different. I mean, 
you were you've been in Appleton, Abby. If you had to pick a small, would that be the first one that comes to mind? Um, I can't say I'd be like, hey, let's put Kristen Genoa in Appleton and see what happens. Like, well, right, exactly. that's choice. Yeah, this is the fact that our city is in a name of a TV show. Yeah, it, it kind of threw me off when I first saw that article kind of pop up. Um, let's see, what else do we got here? Um, apparently the Mandalorian episode seven is going to feature an exclusive, I think exclusive trailer for, uh, the last Jedi. So that's kind of oh, interesting. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Wait, the last Jedi did... or Rise of Skywalker? The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> this is why I invited you guys. Well, I invited you, you guys. This is it. why, this is why I'm not the, the, the rise of the last Jedi Skywalker. <laughs> you know what? Um, you're trying. I appreciate that. With hope. With hope. <laughs> and a Sith. Yeah. Maybe it's cool now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's something to look forward to. Oh, Disney Plus also announced the new Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. So get this. Oh, yeah. It's a it's what I'm picturing Ted Abby. I, I haven't, but now I'm looking it up. Apparently it's the way that I understand it's like like different Jedi like actual challenge like physical challenges. What I'm picturing is something along the lines of American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, for kids. For kids yeah. and yeah. and obviously all Star Wars related. The guy who played Jar Jar Binks is going to be the host. The host yeah, so. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. <laughs> so that'll be just another reason to get Disney Plus. It's um, not going to look like Jar Jar, just for the record. No, no, no. But that's that's cool because, oh, that poor actor, he's gone through so much for being playing oh, Jar Jar. Man. I mean, yeah. oh my God. And him and young Anakin Skywalker. All he did was take a role of a lifetime, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not going to yeah. turn that down. Yeah. No. Exactly. And uh, and then he got to be the most hated guy in Star Wars. Uh, his, his story is just so tragic. So I'm glad that he gets <laughs> to have, like, some good stuff going for him. Like, Kudos. 30 yes. for 30 Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> it just says his story. Where are they now? <laughs> right. <laughs> see him in the cantina drinking himself. <laughs> Sleep every night. Oh, God. Come on, Greedo, just shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, um, so yeah, so that, that'll be another uh, Disney Plus episode. Um, Black Widow, that trailer just I'm guessing you've seen it already, Abby? Yes, I've been waiting so long for her to finally, finally get her own movie. Christ's sake. She only had to die to finally get it. Yeah, and she's such a respected actress, too, you think? Yeah. And she looks pretty good, too. Well, oh, there's that. Yeah, I mean, that might draw draw a few people in. That might help, you know, advertising and such. Yeah. So, um, basically, one of the biggest things that came out of that, for me at least, is that Hopper from Stranger Things is going to be in it. I noticed that right away. Did you? Obviously, Abby, you said you saw it, yeah. And the whole, you know, you put on a little weight, or you're fat, or whatever that (laughs) joke was, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, Like Fat Thor. Right, right. (laughs) Fat Thor, yeah. You can be buddies. Um, so that's really, I mean, I've got a couple other things that are kind of just funny things that, that I've seen, but other than that, so 
without further ado, let's let's kind of get into it. Let's get into the, the heart of the episode here and, and start talking about a half an hour in. Let's talk about the episode. Well, we've <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. We have we, we we've kinda, our toe in. And just, yeah, just the just the it feels. So episode seven. So I've got a couple questions. I've got some things that I thought. Um, does anybody? I guess because I. When I watched them, I watched them back to back. So there's definitely this like bleeding like overlap that I kind of got confused. Abby, do you want to just give like a really really quick synopsis of this this episode? Go ahead, Abby. Oh, oh God. Um. Okay. So episode seven. Right. Um. So episode seven. The big thing is we're getting introduced to all the new characters. Right. Who are our big players? Um. Because. Disney marketing didn't really throw it all out there to begin with. Um, so I'm trying to think of how to best synopsis it. Um, let's see here. So oh, what we, we have what nothing... we learned from it, if nothing else. You know? Yeah. I mean, you start <laughs> yeah. out with Ray and her, see the big thing know, is, we know that Luke has vanished. This is the, the big thing is, is Luke is gone. Um, Leia is now general Leia there. The new Republic is threatened by a, a new force. It's called the first order. They've replaced the empire. Um, and specifically, like, there's, there's Supreme Leader Snoke is our, our new big bad. Um, and we're kind of going through the whole thing, trying to find Luke. Like, that's, that's really what the whole big thing is about, is everybody's trying to track down this map that gets them to Luke Skywalker, who's banned. BB-8. Yeah, say BB-8. Yep, so that's the, the most basic way to break it down, but a ton happens in this, this chapter, this episode, it's, it covers so much information because we get some huge revelations right off the bat. So I don't know if we right. should throw out spoiler alert, but like we find yeah. out about Ren's parentage and uh, guess what? He's, he's Han and Leia's son. And you're just thinking, what, how did the coolest parents in the world have this emo brat kind of a thing? Yeah. And, that's what the guy I work with calls him dark emo. Yeah, I, I mean, he, he is. And, and that's, that's not – like, I have to give kudos to Adam Driver because he's actually somehow made this character a lot more than just this, this temper tantrum throwing, like, grown, oh, depth, yeah. grown child. I mean, like, he's, he's actually given it, it some depth. But this character in general, you're just like, what the hell is he doing? Like, how do you get Han and Leia together to make this little kid who's seriously – Throwing a big temper tantrum, like I think it's because they de- bickered so much. They did bicker There's, a lot. Maybe that gave him the dark side, you know. So they do. They did kind of develop um, some backstory there, in that Leia is still very politically involved when they created the New Republic. She's a senator, so she's gone a lot. Um, and then Han isn't really one to settle down. Now Leia understands he's not one to settle down, so she's fine with him, like going off on these. He's still a smuggler. I mean, that, that's yep. still what Han is. So he's still mm-hmm. off doing those adventures. But the, what it left is this this child, Ben Solo, very much feeling abandoned. He was he was left alone, and, and he's got a lot of force power. They say um, in, in one of the books, they actually talk about while Leia is carrying him, she, she feels the darkness in him. And Luke's reassuring mm-hmm. her, like, everybody has that. Um, but they're... they're they're seeing him like have these outbursts and it's just like, Oh my God, we're going to have another Vader. Or that's what their fear is. Now Leia has a lot more hope in him than Han does. And that's, I feel like that's kind of important to point out considering, well, I, again, spoiler alert, he, he kills Han. Um, but, but Han, 
he has a lot of trouble connecting to Ben Solo. So that's like kind of where this big strife happens or this, this huge, I don't know, I guess trying to bridge that gap between the original trilogy and what's happening in the sequel. It's, it's a lot. Like I said, a lot happens in this episode. Well, and oftentimes the mother connects to the baby a little more because she's the one who carries him. So that kind of makes sense that she's more willing to defend him and all that stuff. I mean, they're still yeah, human they had, beings, right? Yeah, they had that force bond. So, like, she was because Leia's force sensitive. Oh, God, spoiler alert, by the way, guys. Um, Leia's force sensitive, um, yeah. which you really don't find out till the till episode eight. But you had that's some how idea. She, she mentions Return of the Jedi yeah. a little bit. Say she does a little bit. We get sneak peeks at it, but it really comes out in this sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of like another thing that she has, that Han, Han's not Force-sensitive at all, so he really can't connect to his son on that level, but Leia right. can connect to him, and, and we know that um, Ben Solo looked up to Han because like most kids look up to their fathers. You know, they idolize them, so there's... Oh, there's an interesting family dynamic there and then you get this this orphan ray gets thrown into the mix here and then you've got a stormtrooper who's turned away from the first order i mean there's just a ton of players coming in here and she shapes the whole overall story and how this new resistance is getting built against this new i mean essentially the empire reimagined well yeah and i think that that's kind of it, it's the way that i understood it is the rebels became the new republic yes and then out of that their like military like band is the resistance yep they just yeah. had a different name for it depending on they the kind of it's it's basically the, but and then when the death star was blown up the second time then from the ashes of that became the new order yep so yeah. which, Soviet Union. I mean, well, I mean, I got a lot of, communism. I got a lot of like Hitler Germany yeah, well, yeah, vibes yeah. with them, yes. like all standing in front yeah, of that. And yeah, I think that obviously was intentional. Third Reich is what I should have said. Yeah, yeah, Third Reich. Yeah, yeah. And so, so those are all like replacing, as opposed to what the the prequels did, and they filled in the gaps and kind of like all the political thing, which is a lot of political things going on in this. But like they basically had a almost direct replacement. The mm-hmm. Emperor Palpatine gets replaced by Snoke. Darth Vader gets replaced by Kylo Ren. Uh, Luke Skywalker, to a certain extent, gets replaced by Rey. Um, you know, and then even you could say Poe Dameron. Yep. Yep. He's kind of the Han figure, and you know, and uh, the guy that's the stormtrooper that defects Finn. 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 He, you know, he could even be like a you know, Leia. I guess that's kind of, might be a little bit of a stretch, but there's that group of them well, that, like you, you know... say there's parallels in each trilogy right and that's what i was gonna say when i watch this again and i'm, I'm paying a little more attention because i'm trying to take notes and stuff initially it, it feels like a star wars star like i said you know because of the, the words scrolling through space and you got the, the theme and the music just gives me right. goosebumps every time i hear but admittedly it did feel more like a side story just because of all these new characters and you don't really recognize anybody from the uh, stories until later yeah. in the movie they don't even make reference until then so yeah it's it's kind of like okay we're starting over you know and it didn't bother me though it didn't no. really bother me at no, all it, it i was, think that it was a like well needed like it would have been what's a good example what was that one movie like the they get all the like old action heroes together it's like the the, expendables expendables oh, yeah. yeah 
Like, that's what it would have felt like if they didn't introduce anybody new and they were just like, we're just going to ride this nostalgia from the 80s and just have these characters who, let's admit it, they're older now. Yeah, with walkers. You know? Yeah. Like, pills. like they, they did a good job at incorporating them, but introducing new people and, and, and not having it just be all about them sitting around a campfire talking about how they you know, won the Battle of Endor. You know what I mean? Like, well, the galaxy moves on. Generations yeah. keep being created exactly. and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I appreciate it. It just, it felt different because I, I didn't right. see anybody I recognized. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. it was cool how they did it, actually. They kind of stuck it in your face and said, hey, this is what's going on now. We're moving on. And obviously with J.J. Abrams directing, right? Yeah. Yep. Is he the, he's the director? Um, yep. Obviously brings his style to this, and it and it it, did, it felt different, yeah. but it was still like you said, it's still the Star Wars universe. There's it is still canon, there. and yeah. it didn't feel like it was a stretch that what they were showing and how they were showing it was, you know, like oh, this isn't Star Wars. Um, okay, so I've got a question, and I like I said, I jotted down some questions as with at the very beginning, they're on the ship, or there's something going on, and and they say something along the lines of, uh, we. We we're we're talking to an old friend, or we're we're contacting an old friend. Did anybody catch that, or what that was? Is this something that I was just way too so critical? On, of? Which who's on what ship? I guess. I think it was point. after. I think it was after. Um, when when they get picked up by the, I don't know. I don't know when it. I think it was after that battle, that first battle where the resistance comes. And fights off the, the new order. I can't remember. There was the in there where you remember said, who said it. It was. I think it was like, I think it was like Leia or somebody was, or or maybe even Poe. Where he's just like, the we were meeting up with an old friend. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I. Maybe well, I, I remember I'm, the line. It's it's hard because there's actually like a lot of old friends that they bring into like the very beginning. Poe's mission is to go to an old ally, and that's um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what Sir, it was, Sir Lord Tekken or something. Like that's that. what it was. Yes. So who yeah, is that this, guy, or what the? So how is he an guy, old friend? He's been around basically, like when Leia was a princess. He was he was around then, like he knew her when she was royalty. So he's he's been okay. through this the whole time. Um, I think he even I want to say he fought in the wars, and so he was like tied with the jedi but he's like kind of renounced it become like a man of not really a man of the cloth but like as close as you can get he's he's now um so the jedi is like a religion he's now part of that that forced church um but his but, name has been mentioned before it, he he's somebody important i don't i can do a quick look to see Let's yeah see and that's i guess it wasn't that important but they the way that they made it sound is like Han Solo was yeah, going to pop up, you know, it's it like an old be. friend, like they made an emphasis, like, we're going to go be an old friend, and it just, I didn't connect the dots right away. You like, thought it was going to be Yoda or something. Yeah, it's not, yeah, not yeah, Yoda. yeah, yeah, not baby Yoda, that would be a twist, <laughs> the extended version. Yeah, so basically he, he just, like, he, after the Battle of Endor, um, San Tekken helped Luke Skywalker recover secret Jedi lore that the Empire had tried to erase. Um, so yeah, he he kind of like re helped reestablish this new republic. So he's he's just been along with these yeah, guys yeah. for a long time, essentially. And then one of the other questions that I had right off the bat, just because everything that was going on with Finn, 
mm-hmm. and the stormtroopers. So, and, and my question was answered later on in the movie, but the first thing I thought is, okay, you see the stormtrooper, you see the clones being created. Obviously, they're clones of Jango Fett. And then, excuse me, you see Finn take his helmet off, and you're like, that's not Jango Fett. And so my question was, what, are, by this time, are all the clones dead? But I realized, no, not all of them are dead. They've actually Used been replaced, or they've, and it makes perfect sense is that they're like, okay, we're training other people to fill this role. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, because the clone army basically was wiped out. So yeah, stormtroopers are no longer clones. They're now abducted children, basically. Was orphans. that true in the original trilogy? No, so I think in the original trilogy, I think they were clones still in the original trilogy. For- I think so too, because I think the Clone Wars were. Yeah, I think that they were like that lead off of the Clone Wars, and that 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 was actually still all clones. Okay. But Finn does mention yeah, I was taken. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know that he mentioned it, but somebody said he was taken from his family. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he was younger. Yeah. But they do even say like, "Oh, do we need to bring clones in to get this job done?" So there must be still select. Like, groups that this are is still what we've clones. done before should we do it again yeah that yeah. are still still around i you know um so that that was just something that i i uh you know i noticed it and then it's just philosophical you know it's human nature to destroy others i think that they, we like anybody that picks up a, a history book it's all about one group of people trying to conquer another group mm-hmm. of people and that has not changed for the most part throughout the vast majority of human history. Mm-hmm. And it it feels like this is that same thing where the New Republic is trying, when they're creating these this new kind of Death Star out of a planet, and what they're trying to do with all of that, it, it feels that same way where they're, you know, again, back to like the Hitler, Nazi, Third Reich, that they're trying to conquer when they're trying to do the same thing that the Empire did. But to that point, and I'm not going to sidetrack too far, but I do think it's somewhat human nature to discriminate right uh, we we form into one group of people find another group of people that we think we're superior to or just different and that, yeah. i think that's human nature so i'm not sure racism discrimination of any sort is ever going to go away completely yeah because it's almost like it's our nature you know? yeah and unfortunately, unfortunately yes. yeah yeah definitely it's not a good thing hopefully we can get past that at some point but it sure seems like it hasn't happened over thousands of years of existence you know? and, it, and it, to a certain extent it just feels like the empire especially what they're doing with recruiting these kids at such a young age and then that first opening scene where where they're killing all these people it's like they just have complete disregard for human life yeah oh yeah like they just come in they're like we need this map we're gonna kill everybody in this village so that we can get it good or bad the light or the dark it's kind of like well we're taking off but you know as they would say in star trek for the many we sacrifice or for the (laughs) yeah for the how does it go again, Abby? I, I'm trying to think. It's like for the many, we'll sacrifice the few or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, one or whatever, yeah. Ah. So it but all comes together. It does. It does. No, uh, say they are very much uh, you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, you're gone. You're the rebel scum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Um, other than that, some of the other things that I just noticed from, from this, this uh, movie is the stormtrooper's armor is different, and I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated it that they're saying this is of. different. You know, if you look at the history of the military in the United States, obviously their uniforms have changed over the years, you know, depending on the branch. This is just another little nuance, if you will, where they're, they're kind of changing that. 
excuse me, um, BB-8, uh, I thought that was going to be too cheesy. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's a great complement to R2-D2. He's a lot faster than R2-D2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even, even with R2-D2 using his, you know, jetpack, whatever, on his feet. But, yeah, he's, well, he can roll. Yeah. He can. That's how he rolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just said that. I did. <laughs> My bad. And that has been your bad dad joke of the week. <laughs> Um, Monty's impressed. I can tell. Write <laughs> yeah. that one down to years later. Exactly. Right. Um, and then just something else that I commented on, and it, it kind of goes. To, it's funny because it's it's parallels to like the Mandalorian and this latest episode. Are you? I guess spoilers, but are you caught up on the Mandalorian? I haven't Have watched the most recent episode, but I at least okay. know enough to get far. Pretty. Far I don't want to. I won't spoil anything for you. I'm, I, I've watched the most recent one that dropped on Friday. There's a character called Baby Yoda. I'm not sure. <laughs> Freaking Baby Yoda is the best thing in the world. Baby Yoda, baby, baby Yoda. He needs his own uh, show. I would watch it. His own, like, 80s style TV just show. The whole time. Yeah. Just, just being adorable. Um, but it, this isn't, this won't spoil anything for you, but essentially there's a, there's a, a scene that there's a group of people that like they don't like travel the universe like the Mandalorian or like the Jedi or anything like that. You see with Ray is really, you start to understand like the universe is very complex. All of these planets are different and the moons and everything. She doesn't have the opportunity to travel through the universe like other people do. And so you kind of, your eyes are opened up to that. Like, I think you just take it for granted. Like, Oh, somebody can just hop on a ship. Not everybody has access to that. Well, and these smaller ships can't go that far because they're right. not like 10 minutes away. You know, these yeah. planets are like any other galaxy. They're light years away, you know? Right. So well, that was just something that I kind of thought was interesting. I'm... The other thing, no, 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 you're going to say, I was just going to say the other thing about Ray, because this is actually really important to her character and how it develops is that Ray doesn't want to leave Jakku because that she is the last place her. That's where her parents last saw her. So she is convinced if they're coming back for her, she still has that that optimism, that hope that they haven't truly left her. And so she not, she's, she's not an orphan. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Yaku is her security blanket. She doesn't want to go away from there because that's where right. they would find her if if they're gonna come back for her. And that's I mean, that's really huge because actually throughout episode seven, it's kind of we're watching her struggle with this, that they're she's getting pulled into this bigger fight, this bigger this thing that's bigger than herself. And she's she's just like, I don't want to be part of this because I've got to get back to Jakku. I've got to see my parents and I mean, that, that plays a huge role in her character development and is kind of important for where we're going with episode nine. So, well, and like, like in, in, in parallel to Luke, Luke wanted to get the heck away from <laughs> Uncle Owen and Amperu, you know, but it was a similar storyline at the time, you know, that you didn't know much and humble beginnings. Yeah. And then, but she, no, my, my family isn't, uh, they're coming back for me. I have to get back to where I'm coming from. That is a huge point, I think. Well, Obviously, because that's what. Go ahead. The, okay, see, I was going to say there's also parallels to Anakin because, like, Anakin being a slave, like, Ray is very much having to scavenge just to survive. Like, we see that it's such a harsh environment that she's growing up. Like, she is not having a good life. I mean, she's barely eating because she can't scavenge enough stuff. She's getting robbed blind by Unkar Plut. And it's she's she's really had to struggle just to live there. And so the fact that she wants to go back to that terrible situation is just like, what are you thinking, woman? Get out of there. 
Something strong is pulling her back because yeah. like, this is not this is not what. And I, but I do appreciate you see the aftermath of um, the Empire's fall with the ATATs yeah. sitting there. Oh wait, we got to ask the question. At at or ATAT? Oh, it's at at. Thank you. It's one hundred percent at at. I mean, I, I don't know how ATAT. That does not roll off the tongue. I'm sorry. It's at at. No, there is an ATST too, but it did that you have to spell that out. You have yeah, to. I, mean, I like you anyway. But... So, at. like, yeah, you can't do that. So, at at, you can actually say at at, where ATST, just... you can't say it. No. You have to spell I, it out. I do like you pointing that out, though, because I, I even wrote that down. I love that you have an old Star Destroyer all just crashed and yeah. part of the background. It had to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool that it's just sitting there and you can see it and they're driving past it and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. It's cool that it's part of the horizon. Well, that, um, that ties in because there was the Battle of Jakku, and that was like the last stand of the Empire. Oh, so, like, that's yeah. why there's that junkyard, and that's why oh, yeah. they so much about all that technology because that's what she's scavenging in. So, like, that's actually kind of a huge plot point, and it's potentially a huge plot point for Episode Nine as well. So, that's it's, true, it's yeah. important. Yeah, definitely. Um. And that, yeah, that's, that's interesting that, you know, that that all kind of ties together like that. I guess um, one of the other just random things that I saw is um, they, they really, they touch on it here, but they really dive into it in episode eight. Um, They, they really expand on what the force means and the abilities of the force. More so than the other movies. Right. Like it was more like a, I could manipulate matter and move it and I could, you know, influence people's minds and use the force for it. But they really leaned into that um, and started to, you know, with mind reading and yeah, the things that like Kylo's doing. Yeah, even with Kylo. Never happened Ray, before, you know. The way they're communicating with each other. Even. Yeah, in, the, in episode eight, yeah. Um, other thing that I, I loved, the new color schemes on the X-Wing fighter, that scene where they're flying over the, the, the lake or the water and they're coming in. Like, I just love... I love that they updated that and just, you know, really kind of made it their own flavor. Um, yep. Maybe you can answer this question, Mickey. Maybe you've, you've heard. It, does, it seems very intentional, so I don't know if this is something that I'm just reading too much into. But does it feel like Kylo's lightsaber is not a smooth beam? Naked I and oh, like, it's fiery. It, yeah, I know all like, the information. Like, <laughs> I, I was gonna say because it does it have something to do because i know very little i know a little bit about lightsabers and like there's crystal kyber crystal put something you put them you may build yeah well and his looks like a crucifix even or something. right and that's an, obviously a new lightsaber shape that yeah. we haven't had since so dark mall really. th- there is yeah. some symbolism behind it and um so you have to know a little bit about kylo ren aka ben solo's backstory um, so when Ben Solo was training with Luke Skywalker to be a Jedi, he built his own lightsaber. And you do get to see that, uh, like a glimpse of that in a flashback in episode eight. Because um, he had, I'm trying to remember, it was blue um, compared to uh, Luke Skywalker's green. But anyway, um, so he's already built a lightsaber. And this is um, something that the Jedi have to do kind of in their training. They eventually learn how to build their own lightsaber. Um so he's already done this. They don't mention they that. They don't. This is kind of like expanded universe information, right? So all that stuff that kind yeah. of non-canon, it does play in still. Um, so after he 
fell to the dark side, he did build a new lightsaber, kind of distancing himself from that Ben Solo persona. And he actually has a cracked Kuiper crystal, and that's why it's so flickery and why it's so unstable. And that cross guard, that is not a design like a, oh, it looks cool. It's actually a vent because um, it can barely contain the, the, the unstable power of that cracked Kyber crystal. So those vents are actually to help keeping it from exploding. So they, they say it's kind of like a metaphor for very much where Kylo Ren is at and that he's, he's dealing with this big split between he's, he's trying to be a dark sider, but he's pulled to the light and he's got this unstable lightsaber and just like, he's not, he's not a full bad guy yet. We're watching this villain be born. So it all plays yeah. into his character. See, I didn't know all that. That's, I mean, it's just yet another reason why it's great. She's on the show. <laughs> well, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. I, 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 I like the Marvel universe, I figured that was intentional. Yes. That they oh, did yeah. just it was just it's so something. different. Yeah. Yes. So different. Um and that being said, kind of I mean, that's obviously special effects, but um Abby and Mickey, do you hear the backlash that I think we touched on this for the um the prequel trilogies. Did you hear the backlash that came from them using too much uh, CGI in the prequels. Did you were you aware of that or heard, heard so. about yes. that? Right. Yeah. That yes. was kind of like an outcry that they didn't. This yes. this trilogy, my understanding is, and if you pay attention, like they use as many practical effects, puppeteering, building real things roots. to try to go back to that. And it, from what I understand, it's been a lot more well received. Oh, really? Yeah, that that was See, a kinda... conscious effort on J.J. Abrams' part. I kind of disregard that kind of criticism. I mean, if you have the technology, why not advance with it? But I mean, I understand the traditionalists and all that. But it, the the way, that, or like part of where I saw it the most is there's actually a scene on Jakku where Ray's walking away, and there's some guy. It's either a, a supposed to be like an alien or like a, a mule type of guy, and it's like you can tell that it's an alien, but it could tell that it's a guy in a suit. Sure, like yeah. it looks that practical. Like it's a guy kind of shuffling along. Um, I also heard, I don't know if it was in a Star Wars panel or what it was, but there was something where they were talking about, they showed like, maybe it was for episode seven or episode eight. They showed a, you know, the, maybe even was more recent than that, uh, the pre, the preview. And then there was like a droid in there like, Hey, you guys think this droid's pretty cool then? And the, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that story's really cool. Yeah. So that's not CGI. And then they rolled them on stage. Yeah. Like the actual droid of, cause I know there's been obviously R2-D2 with, real physical you know oh yeah but i think like bb8 or something they rolled on stage so it's like that was just something that i know was uh a sticking point for people in the prequels and i think they they listened to that and wanted to um they wanted to respect that and i think there's there's a fine line that you have to play with in terms of how you how you show these characters that don't exist in our galaxy i've always wondered how those droids roll through the sand so easily I mean, wouldn't that stuff get caught up? I mean, let's be real. <laughs> They're just so advanced. I guess. I mean, they have special wheels. Special yeah. cleaners on the wheels. Yeah. It's called like force that. wheels. I, oh, they they are impervious. Right. It's an expanded force universe wheels. about <laughs> more sensitive droids. I think yep. just invented a new matchbox type of car, you know, the force wheel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. From Mattel. Collect them all. <laughs> Just, I'm marketing just, that. It's just yeah, a bunch no of kidding. random tractor tires. Four. <laughs> Four. Roll them yoga. down the hill with a stick. Baby Look, that horse. stuff would sell. You know it would. 
Oh, it would. Real, yeah. I'd buy it. slap Star Wars on it, anybody would buy it. Uh huh. You know, Wookie poop. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's that's really what I've got to say about, I guess, the questions and things that I had about Episode Seven. Mickey, what did you kind of? I just kind of want to expand on her, like talking about Kylo Ren's character and stuff. Even after maybe five, six times now, not nearly as much as the trilogy, because you know I've been around a while and I've watched the trilogy throughout my life, and that's lots and lots of times. Even when I was going through my cool period in college, um, <laughs> but even when he kills Han Solo, it still shocks oh, me. Yeah, because it. I mean, and I don't know if it's all mm. part of his act and stuff or trying to convince himself, but. You think, oh, okay, Dad's gonna reach him, and then, oh, sorry, buddy, I'm on the dark side. You know, yeah. it's still, it's still what, like, oh. Uh, and just so you guys know, I found out about that. Somebody posting a picture, not me seeing this, but some. Uh, we can't swear on this episode, but some yeah, jerk. I have already um, failed on that. The, the jerk, uh, he put on the back of his car like a bumper sticker, like a window sticker that says. Han Solo dies in the newest Star Wars or episode yeah. eight. It's like, who does that? Who walks, bullies, drives around bullies their, do that. their, you know, neighborhood with that on the back? So I saw a picture of that. That's how I found out he died. So that's oh. fun. Yeah. Didn't, did not have the same experience as you guys. My 17-year-old said his buddy who's antagonistic told him that before we went to see episode seven. And Cody didn't talk to him for about three or four weeks. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. Your roots. Why? Yeah. But anyway, sorry, Mickey. Sorry to. to no, the only it. other thing, I, it, isn't it strange that some of the characters have a British accent? I mean. Yeah, I think that plays, and you, you can always try to like rationalize things, but I think it plays to the whole, these are different. Yeah, I, there's going to be and different dialects. And that you comment. heard that question in the culture? heard that in my voice yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like i i think that that's they don't get hung up on that and making these people do voice acting well otherwise because it's pretty standard that the way right kind of like us yeah 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 exactly the other thing i had to look up for all after all these years a parsec is a unit of length for measuring large distances to objects outside the solar system. That's mm. the true definition. <laughs> okay. Less than 12 parsecs. <laughs> impressive, man. Yeah. Yes. That's, and, and, and that, that's that in the movie. Well, you know? because I think Ray said, oh, this is a shit. It's like, uh, it was 12. <laughs> Thanks very much. The Han Solo pride. Mm-hmm. So wait, okay, I'm sorry. Cause I'm, cause I'm a engineering nerd like this. So, a parsec is a unit of time or a unit of distance? Large distances, but only when it comes to the solar system. Like okay. not on Earth. We don't use it here on Earth, but it's a it's a measure of distance. That's why I was wondering if it's time or because oh. Sheldon actually refers to that kind of thing in an episode of Big Bang Theory. But oh. I want to look up the actual parsec. Gotcha, gotcha. For measuring okay. large distances to objects outside the solar system. Hmm. It's interesting. We've been learning. <laughs> yes. This has been the more you there know, you go. Um, anything else you wanted to add to this uh, to this movie, Abby? Um, I think the big thing. So Han Solo dying, right? That was this this huge moment for the whole fandom, and we're all pissed because Han, Han Solo is such a a, a fan favorite. Um, but I thought Harrison Ford's uh, comments in later interviews about Han Solo were kind of 
important, I guess, um, because he, so he brings up that he really didn't like playing Han Solo. And, and the reason being um, was Han Solo was a MacGuffin. Uh, so he was a plot device, but he didn't really affect the plot. Um, so that's kind of why Harrison Ford had these, when they did these sequel trilogy movies, he's kind of like encouraging them to kill off Han Solo because Han Solo as a character, he doesn't, he's not huge to this this central theme of light versus dark. He's, he's a smuggler who's out for his, his kind of own good, who's kind of got the heart of gold, right? I mean, like, he's a great character, but he's not important like Luke Skywalker is or even like Leia is. Um, but when they decided to kill him off, like, the, Harrison Ford was really behind this because it finally gave that character depth. It gave him like a, a true dramatic moment of, of affecting the plot. So, um, and again, kudos to Adam Driver when he actually is portraying Kylo Ren during this scene. Cause it's just, oh. he's, he's doing this whole struggle of like, I, I know what I have to do. I just yeah, not sure yeah, I have I strength. You. Yeah. Like, like, can you help me? And like, even afterward um, in episode eight, uh, Ray kind of confronts him. It's like, why did you hate Han Solo? He's like, I didn't hate him. So like there's just this super complexity, but it makes Han Solo's death like worthwhile. Not just a he didn't wanna didn't wanna come back. Like it actually made his death mean something because it split Kylo Ren's soul to the bone. And that's like a huge thing of we've got this Skywalker who's gone to the dark side and oh my god, he, but he thought that he finally was gonna get rid of the light in him and just made it worse. So well, it's, like, it's funny, a huge plot. It's funny point. you say that about Harrison Ford too, because from what I've read over the years. He was an American greedy, a graffiti, American greedy, American graffiti, <laughs> which was a George Lucas film. And he was, they had somebody else in mind for the Han Solo character. They just pulled Harrison Ford from, and it said, oh, well, this guy could do it. And he just went, okay. Turns out he's a, like you said, huge fan favorite. But as you said, he also doesn't really have much of a storyline, you know, action with the storyline because he's not a Skywalker and all that stuff. Right. So it's cool that he had such a strong opinion. And finally saying, hey, I finally make a difference to the whole storyline. That's I, I, It just kind of makes like the pain of his death a little easier, I guess, to yeah, bear exactly. as far as like, it does, yeah. it does make yeah. it important, not just a, well, we just were done with this character. So, you know, we yeah. tossed him aside. And like, it sucked to see him go, but it's, it's nice there's importance to it. It did. And it, it was, again, it kind of plays on these bigger overarching themes that Star Wars always brings back about this sense of betrayal but forgiveness so right after he gets stabbed by kylo he he puts his hand on kylo's face right and just this this like tender moment of like you're still my son it, it, or okay i'm reading into it let's be it. honest but like yeah it's like yeah. you're still my yeah. son i still no. love you like none of this is said yeah. but like the subtext feels like it's there and you're just like this ultimate patricide jj abram said like he needed to establish kylo ren as this this villain because he's living in the shadow of darth vader who is known as being like the greatest villain of all time how do we make kylo ren like this hated villain and not just this right. this whiny bad guy and and, and the only random people doesn't do yeah it. You, like killing it, your dad is a it, statement that was the thing. Like he focused on the patricide. He thought because like what is more evil and what's more like upsetting, disgusting than patricide? Somebody killing their parents. Um, that's that's huge. And I, I don't know. Like it, it gave a lot more depth, I guess, to this villain than some of the previous villains I've seen in Star Wars. So I really appreciated what they were trying to set up here. It's, it's kind of my, my thoughts. Actually. Yeah. yeah, like there's been a few serial killers throughout history who killed their parents, and you know, 
that's just the true sign of evil, as you say. You know, just okay. Like, yeah. The people who brought you into this world, you're gonna kill them. You're not above killing anyone. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. Like no morals, no no connection, no love. You're just yep. bad. Mm. Just dead inside. Right. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I guess I like I, I clearly missed like you know bringing up a huge part of this movie. <laughs> Um, well, that's why we have her on. Uh, <laughs> the one of the things I think this one of the articles that you had sent us about the bowcaster and how that. Affected, oh my god! I think that we should touch on this now because it is part of this movie. Um, so I read it. Uh, Mickey, did you get a chance to to read that one yet? I glanced over. Yeah, it. yeah I don't know what um, she does. She's our encyclopedia. And, and essentially the. The idea is that he took a blast from the bowcaster, and that's why Ren and uh, Finn could defeat him. Is that yeah, kind so, of the, the gist? Of yeah, it? like the whole thing is leading up to this moment. The uh, what this like post explains is like it's this like infomercial for uh, the amazing amounts of like hellfire that this bowcaster brains down on everybody because he shoots stormtroopers, he's blowing up their armor, they're going flying. Um, it's just like it's it's really it and it's an instrument to just cause the insane amounts of pain to anybody who comes across it. Right. And in the original expanded universe, just an FYI, nobody but a Wookiee was able to handle a bowcaster. So they did change it a little bit. So, cause Han does shoot it at one point, but like, this is trying yeah. to explain how strong this, this weapon is. And so when Kylo Ren gets shot and he just kind of like, takes a knee like there's just this moment where everybody's like oh he got beat so easily by ray and finn you're just like no this this blast that like is killing people on point like blowing them to smithereens he just kind of like takes gets a little winded by it and then he's using he's beating it you actually watch in the following fight sequences where he is actually hitting that wound to try to like bring that anger that pain to feed his force energy and so he just is like god this guy is like a religious zealot and that's the way he's being played is this he is he is a fanatic he is just all about what what queen leader snoke has has laid out for their their mission he is he's gonna get it done he is focused and set and nothing will stand in his way but it's it's cool to bring up the bowcaster yeah just i i freaking love that whole article because it just it seriously is an infomercial for the bowcaster that is the most amazing weapon ever <laughs> yeah it's pretty watching it at three in the morning yeah. when you had a couple yep. of yeah. Yeah. i don't know what to do now have you ever wanted to blast a stormtrooper to kingdom come <laughs> well i got the thing exactly for you. <laughs> that is interesting though i i mean they don't obviously well there's so many nuances that they don't go over like the whole thing with the lightsaber and this like they it just they couldn't because it would be a four-hour movie but everybody has this impression that kylo ren is kind of a wuss you know but and even palpatine says or uh snoke says you have this you have a stronger force than most people well that's evidence right because this this weapon is so much stronger than most people could entail and he has no problem with it gets his wind knocked but he's he's using yeah. the force to hold his insides in that whole time like that's another thing that they kind of touch on a couple times is his mastery of the force because in the first time we meet kylo ren um right poe shoots him with a blaster and he holds that bolt and that's like to me that was like the most dramatic 
thing in the world because he stops this bolt and he's got holding forever and you kind of almost forget that this bolt is suspended in air until he makes his dramatic entrance and he lets the bolt go and you're just like oh my god he was holding that the whole damn time wow and then with the right like then with the the bow caster he takes that blast he's he's clearly i guess he must have some force skill and healing because he's able to kind of hold his insides in and then kind of keep going afterwards. So he's having to split yeah. the focus of I'm I'm mortally wounded here. This thing that's killing people armored. I got a shot in the abdomen and I gotta go fight some people. And he he doesn't do too bad, to be honest. Like he decimates yeah. he decimates Finn and Ray, it's because Ray has this innate ability um, that she's able to kind of push back and, and kind of win that fight against him. But he's not I, I wouldn't say he's like a terrible villain that people try to make him out to be. He's formidable. Yeah. And he's yeah. very wounded, as you're saying. So, and Ray didn't dominate him. I mean, she ends up basically winning, but she's got the force too, very strongly, obviously. She's just not right. familiar with it. But he's a young Jedi or, you know, master Sith at this point too, you know? Yeah. And I guess, I guess this would be my unpopular opinion. You see more of the abilities of, even in the prequels of these Sith Lords fighting abilities than we really ever saw Dark Vaders. Yes. For sure. Like yeah. this, the, and obviously they're at different spectrums where obviously Kylo was very young. Dark Vader was old at that point, but it's interesting to see. And those are the type of things and maybe it's just because I like the action and whatever, but I like seeing them stretch their legs, so to speak, in the Jedi abilities. Yeah, because these guys are warring. Hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. We need to showcase that they have fighting skills. Like, why else? I mean, they're carrying the sword, the lightsabers, because they're the gentleman's weapon, right? But, like, they they better know how to use them. Like, they're not just for show. These are these are truly trained right. fighters. Yeah, nice to see them now and again. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um... Okay, so yeah, that's, I guess, anything else um, that you wanted to cover, Abby, in, in episode um, seven? See, the other thing about episode seven is that, um, so we lose Han. Um, they had the the big thing that's happening in the, the overall scheme of things is that Starkiller base wipes out the New Republic, like that whole, what do I want to say, um, um it's not really universe, but multiple planets where they were yeah. based, they they obliterated the New Republic in one shot. So we now have a universe, like a galaxy that's in upheaval because their their government was just obliterated. I mean, it's gone, and and it's it's really easy to kind of lose focus of that plot point because you get so tied in with the Force and and like these. Um, I, I don't know, smaller scope things like the resistance fighters, you kind of forget this is a galaxy we're talking about. Yeah. They, they, they wipe a bunch of planets out in one go. Now, granted, the resistance is able to get rid of Starkiller base, which is huge, but like those are, that's, that's a huge thing. That's powerful, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. They have this access to this weapon. So you're just like, all right, what else do they have access to? Because if they got something that can wipe out multiple planets, what, what what else and um yeah i guess hit on that and then the fact that ray finally gets to luke that's where we end on episode right. seven i was gonna say that scene gives me chills every time I right yeah. cool. Cool. Upstairs, standing on my neck and everything I mean, 
you've been waiting like the whole time for Luke. They've been baiting you this whole time. You're just like yeah. building up to it. And finally you see him. You're just like, oh, here we go. We're about to and see some stuff. she's trying to hand him the lightsaber. I mean, yep. And, and it blinks out right then and there. You're just oh. like, what? With the music, it uh-huh. overwhelms you. Yeah. Oh, oh. chills. I had chills in that that theater. I remember that moment. Just like, I need the next one right now. Exactly. And I still get chills every time I see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, that uh that was that was interesting. And for me, obviously, it was different because then I was like, all right, so I'm gonna watch the next one. <laughs> like I didn't have to wait two years or whatever. There's no anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> okay, put it in, put it in. Um <laughs> can I- Cut it off there. <laughs> um, hey, that's on you, buddy. We're rubbing off on you, evidently. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Again, choice, choice of words again. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't get away from it. Oh, where's the mute button on this? <laughs> um. So, yeah. All right. It's adult-oriented. Yeah. You can do that Some, once in a while. Something like that. Yeah. So I guess. That that was episode seven, and uh, so we, we kind of just wanted to talk through what we thought about that and kind of get through through those those types of things. It was at that point that we realized, after an hour and 15 minutes of talking, that we only covered one of the movies of the three that we were intending, that we were going to split this one into a two-part episode. So uh, we actually are going to be releasing episode 10, and then followed by episode 11. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, episode 11 is coming for the conclusion of the Star Wars sequel trilogies. Thank you. What's going on?